The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy. I enjoy hearing from him. That's my main man, JP, Jacob Padilla, joining us on this week's version of Nebraska Preps postgame. I, I feel a little bad. I've stretched you today. You've had, you had postgame down in Lincoln with Coach Hoiberg. You've got game six for your favorite team on God's green earth. And is there anything else? I've got you a little later in the day than I normally do. Like, I feel bad, man. Yeah. You going to be all right? Yeah, it's a busy day, but I've always got time for you, Damon, well, and for I, our listeners. I, I appreciate that, man. So are you nervous tonight with the Suns? Oh, without a doubt. I've been nervous before almost every single game just because I'm used to failure. So um, e- even oh, when they had a roll and there was still just that little feeling of doubt in the back of your mind, like, this isn't over yet, and sure enough, here we are three games later, and they're, they're trailing in the series facing elimination. I know stats aren't everything, but you potentially are on the verge of a 51-41-86-ish, right? Yeah. Two-point, three-point foul line, and you're down in the series. Do you have a rational explanation for that? Well, so the first the frustrating part is it the earlier – Three and four, it was about the effort, the smart play, the extra possessions that Milwaukee was able to get. Yeah, second chance points. Were and that's, those are the ones that you can control to a certain degree. I mean, they've got some physical advantages out there. You can pick on some of the Suns on the offensive glass, and that's going to happen. But the degree to which it happened and the way that it happened, a lot of that was on the Suns and their execution, their effort on, on the glass. And so... You give away those games, and then you have a game like um, this past game where uh, Milwaukee just shot out of their minds, and there wasn't really anything the Suns could do to stop them. And so that's where it's frustrating, where you you had something that was in your control that you kind of gave a game away because of it, and now here we are later in the series where the what happened in game uh, game five was a lot less in your control. There wasn't a whole lot they could do about the sh- some of the shots Milwaukee was hitting. So you need to not give away those games early in so you can have that kind of the, the, the slack there to give up a game like game uh, five there where there's nothing you can do to make a miss. What do you expect to see tonight? Uh, I, the Suns are going to come out and play hard. I know that. I, I don't know what to expect from Chris Paul. That's, that's the tough part. And it's, it's going to be a big game for Monty Williams. And what we've seen is, I mean, kind of misguided uh, discussion about Booker and the ISO and all this kind of stuff um, since the last over the last couple of days and uh, a lot of, it's because of Milwaukee's defense and they're not helping off shooters they're just not staying and attached they're and it's it's funny you say that because everybody got into this it was almost like they read the same graphic on Twitter about corner threes and I'm like okay I understand that discussion if you're not getting them elsewhere but they shot the lights out in game five so do you feel like the spacing on the floor is compromised because the number one difference is 
is in those two-man games, they're going to maybe give up something or try a double switch to keep the lobs at the rim from happening. The mid-range game, they're content. They've, they've already said, hey, listen, you make a lot of twos, we'll give you twos. But the sun shot lights out from three in game five. So I, I guess I didn't really care where the threes were coming from. Well, it's but the, the attempts, not just cornered, period, were way down. They shot 60% on threes, but they only took however many it was. And that's because of what Milwaukee's doing defensively. They kind of went back more to the game one game Lots plan where um, we're going to stay home on the corner shooters, especially and on the shooters in general. We're going to dare you guys to beat us from the mid-range. And Devin Booker's doing that, but Chris Paul has not been the same guy he was earlier in the series. So that's kind of where this strategy is working a little bit better now than it was before because you, you combine um, that with not leaving shooters with the ball pressure on guys like Paul um, and kind of taking him out of the game with whatever he's got going on with the, the hands, with the leg, whatever it is. Let me, just, let, they just don't have the firepower to beat it the same way that they did earlier in the series, so they've gone back to it. So it's going to be on Monty Williams to figure out a way to get those shooters open to spread the offense out a little bit let more. Let me ask you a question. On average, the Suns make how many threes a game? Roughly 11 or 12? Uh, off the top of my head, I do not know, but I can look it real quick. Okay, but, so go, hold go that thought, right? You're looking that up. So they were 13 of 19. If they were 13 of 27 which would still be 45%. You'd think, oh, my gosh, they shot lights out from three, right? So is it the number of attempts or is it the number of makes? Because at the end of the day, they still made 13 threes. That's a ton. That's right. That's their average. Uh, They averaged 13 a game. So what are we talking about in terms of attempt? That's exactly my point. Um, Well, again, it goes back to the math of Milwaukee's hitting – some threes, but they're getting the second chances. They're getting the Giannis free throws. Didn't didn't uh, wasn't the same in Game Five and went back in Phoenix. But um, it's just the math working out where they're going to make you take. Would you rather live they? Would you rather twos. they do thirteen of twenty nine, or thirteen of thirty, or thirteen of twenty seven? Well, no. If you're shooting thirteen of twenty one. You're probably not going to miss your last seven or eight. So it's just you want to be able to take advantage of a good shooting game more um, versus yeah. So so you don't subscribe to the the more opportunities you have at it, the more apt you are for failure. We've seen guys go three for four in a game, but over the course of a season, you're not going to hit seven fifty, right? So there there's some give and take there. I, I guess I say all that to say I didn't understand the the harping on the minimized number of threes if you're still getting to your number. There's no guarantee that because you're 13 of 19 and you make 12 a game that you're not going to go 13 of 28. But that's the key is continuing to find ways to get the good ones that you've been hitting uh, versus it's just like in the second quarter after awesome first quarter, things kind of broke down. The threes they were taking in that quarter were not the same value, the same quality as the ones in the first quarter. Guys were kind of rushing a little bit more. They're like, oh, we're hot in the first quarter, so we're just going to keep shooting. That's not the way to improve the uh, increase numbers. That's that's where it goes to what you're saying, where, oh, we're hot, so we're just going to keep firing anything up. You need to keep generating the good looks, and Milwaukee's doing their best to take that away. And in a game, you're talking about kind of the averages. In a game like that where Milwaukee is scoring at the rate they were too, you're going to have to go above just good to keep up with that and to stay in the lead. And... um Honestly, though, you said, like, as well as the sun shot, 
where they lost that game was the uh, the time that Devin Booker sat on the uh, on the bench, and especially in that second quarter, that stretch. Two games, was it. I felt, was like that. The fifth foul in game four. Yeah. And I felt like, so for all the consternation and hand-wringing we do about the shot selection and number of threes, Devin Booker's time on and off the court and when that happens seems to be as important as anything. Yeah, and the key right now is that Paul Paul and campaign are not playing the same way they did at various other points in the playoffs. So Booker's really the only offensive creator that you can count on right now. So when he sits down, who's going to create? And it's that that's a problem. That's kind of where the the Suns have run into this rut that they've fallen into where Paul isn't the same effectiveness. You're not getting the 29 and 9 from campaign when uh Paul was out. Uh you kind of those are your second and third ball handlers there um, with Booker playing the way he is. So you just need somebody to step up. And we know that Aiton can only do so much with, with his skill set right now. He's very good at what he does, but he's not a guy that you can just decide, okay, he's going to dominate this game. He's going to pick up the slack. He gets it within the flow of the, uh, of the game. And so it's got to come from somewhere. Mikhail Bridges has to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, campaign's got to play better, and Chris Ball's got to be a threat. I'm going to ease your mind tonight. I don't. I don't love the fact that a team that hasn't won a championship in forever in Milwaukee has a chance to close it out at home. I understand that they're the consummate front runners. There's nobody that plays better at home when it gets going than they do. That being said, I don't like the line. It's only four and a half. It's too easy. I think a lot of people will love Milwaukee in that situation. I can't guarantee we're going to game seven, but I will say if Milwaukee wins, it's only by a basket, maybe two. Phoenix will be right there. wouldn't shock me one iota if we're going back to Phoenix for game seven. Only scary it's, part hard, it's hard to close teams out. Only scary part is looking at uh, the, the official crew. Yeah, so Paul <laughs> is 0 for his last 13 with Mr. Forrest, right? <laughs> Yeah, so Scott Foster is on Foster. the call. I said Forrest. I, as in run, Forrest, yeah. run. Run from Scott Foster doing this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not conspiracy theorist. Like, I don't – but I, I do think there's a history there where he just doesn't like Chris Paul for whatever reason, and Chris Paul doesn't like him. And that – more than anything, that could get into Paul's head where yeah. any little call that goes against his way is going to feel ten times worse because of who, who might be making that call. So that's where – Again, Monty's got to step up here. Chris has to be a veteran, understand the situation, cannot let that get into his head. He's just got to go out and play. And it's, he's, he's lost 13 it, straight, right? We did a – the Suns Thir- did win uh, – 13 straight. Suns did win a Foster game where Chris wasn't playing. So <laughs> it, I don't think he hates the Suns as much as he hates Chris Paul. Boy, that is uh, – that's interesting. That is your your NBA seven minutes brought to you by Jacob Padilla and Old DB. Uh, huge weekend, yeah. Um, across the board, not only for the city of Omaha, but even if you go micro and you, and you go golds in your tournament uh, that you were out at UBT, an impressive showing I felt for Omaha teams specifically out at your site. Uh, well, I, I was down in Kansas City. I was just kind of um, texting with some of the people that were back here in the Adidas Gold Gauntlet. So, yeah, you had the uh, Adidas 3SB Championships um, over in Council Bluffs at the Fieldhouse. 
You had the gold gauntlet for Adidas out there at uh, UBT um, for OSA. Yep. And then down in Kansas City, um, we had a lot of the OSA national teams, Lincoln Supreme, Factory, Powerhouse, a lot of teams down there made some good runs. And then uh, Nebraska Supreme, uh, 17th again, uh, taking care of business down there in Frisco. And um, so <laughs> a lot of good basketball played at various sites um, throughout um, the country by Nebraska teams. It's hard, but you and I, we, we, we see a ton. Um, and, I, and I thought this on the, on the shoe circuit with Adidas with Dream Vision in Birmingham. I was like, gosh, that was impressive. But I wasn't sure on the level of competition. And I know they lost to, um, gosh, I want to say, was it Grant or uh, Gardner, Gardner Road? Um, but they had kind of ran through a lot of that competition. I look at what Supreme is doing. That's, I mean, a four and one record with those guys and Frisco, I felt like was pretty impressive. Do you even allow yourself to get into who teams are playing and who they aren't? Or do you basically think if you take care of business, there's something to be said for that? Yeah, I I don't get to see enough of these circuits myself in person to know, um, to, um, like each individual team, like how good of this challenge of this, how good of a challenge is this really? Um, so generally kind of look at the, the overall results and then you kind of look, Oh, is this close? Is it a blowout? Um, what kind of, how did they get the win? And then you kind of see, all right, uh, big name on this other team. So you kind of try to just pay attention as best you can to try to see, um, all right, how impressive is this really? But it definitely starts with the record because everybody at that level, if you're on a shoe circuit, You've got some. You've got some level of talent there that's above and beyond your average AAU team. So if you're kind of looking at it relative, you can you can talk Kansas City, you can talk Frisco, you can talk UBT with the 17 golds. You can go to um, the Fieldhouse with the Adidas Championship. Safe to say, the most impressive performance relative to competition was. OSA's gold team winning here in Omaha. Yeah, so the that was something yeah. that was you well, can appreciate that I can appreciate that I think some people will oh by the way it that was a fantastic job. Yeah, so the uh, OSA national one seventeen team coached by Pat Freeman. It's the, the Nebraska Crusaders now to be able to play on the gold gauntlet as opposed to the OSA Crusaders. But um, yeah, this is a team like I've watched them all the way back to the spring. They've maybe had their full complement of players healthy for less than five games, I would imagine. Like, they have constantly dealing with injuries. Uh, and again, they had Chase Anderson, Chase Holtman go down in the first game this weekend, both of them, and not able to play the rest of the weekend. So You're looking for O'Malley and Ensman to play well at the same time. They got a lot of options. And that's exactly what happened, is they had a lot of different guys step up this weekend. Um, they... Again, they came in here and took care of business. They, they won all their games out there at UBT, took home the 17U Gold Championship. Um, I know Evan Inselman had, had a big game there, earned offer from Morningside. Um, they've had uh, Jackson Page, uh, had a 23-point game, and I'm, Inselman had 22. I'm, uh, on, I'm, on, I'm on record with Jackson Page, and I think you played a little safer than I yeah. do. I don't mind calling my shot. <laughs> I know you like to wait. I said early and during these podcasts in the summer, Jackson Page is the guy that I think will make will pay monumental dividends for Millard North. I've seen him forever since yeah. he's been nine, ten years old. I like his poise. 
I like his control. I like how he embraces the moment. He's going to be a really good addition for Miller North. And it seems like he's kind of rediscovered that that confidence from earlier on. I think he likes playing again. Yeah. Right. Uh, I I think he enjoys what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Because he kind of struggled to to crack the rotation at Omaha Central. Obviously, he had some good guards. uh, You're only playing seven, right? Um, (laughs) And it's tough to have confidence when you're getting maybe one shot every other game to be able to come in and knock down shots. Now he's playing with the ball in his hands as a point guard, especially. Um, with the injuries they've had, he really had a shoulder, uh, a heavy load for them, um, and was able to rediscover that confidence. He had really good 15-year year for he's, OSA. I, I, I think he's, I think he's fantastic. He, he's a very skilled player. So he had a big game. Casey O'Malley em- embraces the moment. Yeah. Casey O'Malley had a really good last two weeks, and we kind of we talked about it a little bit last week where um, didn't seem like he had a great June. At least wasn't consistent. Um, last couple of weeks he's come up big for them. Had a 20-point game. Had, uh, again, he had to handle the ball a lot with Holtman uh, out. Um, Anderson out, so he. You know he why I'm always. Gonna, you know why I'm always going to kind of err towards the side of Casey O'Malley. Yeah. I see what he does in the Metro. Yeah, I see what he does in crunch time. I saw how he annihilated Westside uh, in two different games. I saw him kind of embrace his role. And here's the kicker: nobody enjoys playing against him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the kids will let you know, right? You've done this long enough (laughs) to know. It's like they just don't like either him personally or playing against him. And that kind of lets me know he's doing the right thing for Creighton Prep. It's always good to have a guy with that kind of chip on on his shoulder on your team that's going to go hard, not not afraid to talk a little bit. Um, And so it's just a really, really well-balanced team. They had different guys step up. Dane Peterson – it's just a game changer with his athleticism. He wasn't even healthy, and he's out here blocking shots left and right. He can get up down and down. Hoops. Little, uh, little pogo sticky. How how do you think if you had both teams being healthy? How do you feel like you feel like you would break down the 17s Adidas versus 17s Gold? Yeah, um, obviously the, the kind of game changer there is a Josh Dix, and then I didn't get to see a ton of him, but uh, a fully healthy Root Bijek. You've got root, high root major changes. Yeah. Root changes them tremendously. You've got yeah. You've got high major guys at that level. So that's kind of the difference where you've got really solid kind of balanced team for the national one versus on the Adidas team. You've got these stars and then kind of the role players around them. Um, so I think that's kind of anytime you go into that matchup where um, you've got the best player, maybe the best two players on the floor, you feel good. But you, you look at the depth of the two teams and the balance and um, that national team if. If healthy, um, they, 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 yeah, it's a handful. really good team. I, 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 um, so that, that's I, I, I watched the 17s all weekend over at the Adidas Championship, and Root changes them dramatically. Yeah. I, I really liked, you know, they competed. They went, they went tooth and nail with Compton Magic. Dylan Andrews, uh, UCLA is getting a good one. Uh, he is really, really good uh, out of Chandler, Arizona. They just keep cranking them out. Um, I yeah. – th- Again, I said this last week. I'm I kind of feel good about this. If you ask me who I think is maximizing of those three teams, the 15s, the 16s and the 17s on the Adidas circuit, I would say the 17s are getting the most out of their team. I, I mean, people may poo-poo that a little bit. The 16s got the really good first win against Southern Assault. I understand that, and that's a good basketball team there. Um but if I ask, if you talk if you talk about maximizing, I I kind of lean towards the seventeens a little bit. Yeah. So 
just a, a good weekend for both uh, Adidas and National um, getting the most out of what they have, kind of shorthanded. And um, heck, that the National down 16-4 to four to start that championship game and came back and won the thing. Payson uh, Gillespie got hot in the second half, hit some yeah, big he, shots. he so. can shoot it. So, yeah, the 17th, great weekend for the 17s. The 16s um, over there, uh, I believe they went 4-1 uh, and one as well. Um, or uh, three and whatever. Three, I yeah. think it's three and two. Three, three and, and two or three and one. Three and one. Yeah, yeah they so, were short a game. Yeah, so they. Uh, yeah, the sixteens. Um, they they lost. Yeah, it looks like they lost their first game, but then won out from there. Good showing by them. Alec Noonan um, has just been a really steady performer for that team all season long, and was again this weekend. Um, De- Devin Jones from Papio South, um, defensive big, big, big fan. Yeah, defensive game changer. Really good, def- really good football player as well. Kind of minds his business, goes about his work. He I, he's a fantastic kid. Yeah, okay. and, and by the way, really really good friends with Connor Milliken. It's no coincidence that um, iron sharpens iron, right? I mean, yeah. like minded guys kind of hang around each other. A good deal playing for that Sarpy County, that Sarpy Shock team, uh, and then. Getting over to T and E later on, like those guys enjoy playing a similar way. And then Ben Bedro kind of stepped it up. I think after good experience uh, in shoot. in uh, in June, having to play a heavy role for Papillion the Vista after not really playing much varsity the previous year. Um, I think he made a big leap from spring to summer and helped them play well. And then the 15s, uh, coached by Matt Crouch. Um, I think they had. I think they only lost once as well. Um, had another good weekend. Yeah, they, they won their first game. Uh, then lost to the Sacramento Magic, but then closed it out with a pair of wins and <laughs> lost, won the the last game by almost thirty. So uh, good weekend for them too. Marquise Tolliver, Alec Wilkins, and Joey Veith again are kind of the three guys that lead the way. And just a, again, three guys, two in particular with Veith and Tolliver yeah. that I'm really really big fans of. You got, I want to go back to Boudreaux here just for a yeah. second because I think he's a good testament for you know I'm four kids. Yeah. He's a good testament to. Stay in the gym, keep your head down, mind your own business. He was arguably, for four or five years, the best shooter that I saw at the youth level. I mean, between second grade and seventh grade, I saw very few people shoot as well as as, as Boudreaux did. I felt like if, if he got a good look, it was going in. I was more surprised if he didn't. High school didn't get off to kind of the start I think he wanted to. He's a little undersized. On the smaller side, but he's staying with it. Confidence is something that if he keeps it, he can really shoot it. Yeah, and he's a guy that's playing behind senior guards. Uh, they had a veteran. Yeah, with Highlock and those guys, they were tough. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough to find playing time. Uh, again, like you said, he was a little bit smaller. Got got a few minutes here and there, but um, kind of. So now he's knowing going into this year, um, big off season for him to kind of get prepared where. Hey, it's gonna be you. We don't. Those seniors yeah, are gone. It's, it's, now. Really, it's really Keegan Highlock yeah. and, and and Boudreaux and 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 it's that's oh, that yeah. that's that backcourt exactly. And those are guys, again guys that played off the bench, didn't play a lot of heavy minutes last year. Keegan a little bit more, um, but neither one of them played heavy minutes or in in, in big uh, pressure situations. So it's gonna be a little bit different with them. Uh, and then Luke Lindemeyer and Kyle Ingerson, kind of the, the the two guys coming back that played a lot last year. Boy, is Kyle an X factor? He's in a, he's like that with his summer team as well. When he shoots it well, yeah. he really stretches those teams. I think for him, the big thing for a kid that's the, as highly skilled as he is and can shoot it is his confidence. Yeah, I mean, people talk a lot about 
his or her physical talent. I think the six inches and how you attack the game between the ears is is often the difference. And you get the sense if 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 Kyle really felt that flame under his bunda, he is more than capable. Tremendous size, can shoot it well, got some versatility to his game. Yeah. Yeah, consistency is a key to him where it's not six for nine or one for four. It's like every you can count on you two, three, four threes a game, especially playing with off of guys like Dix and, and Rue, some of these other guys that are going to draw attention. You got to be ready to knock down their shots, and that's kind of the role he plays on that team. Um, I guess going back to kind of what what else did you see? Well, I guess let's talk generally about just the overall kind of uh, event and the way that OSA did it. And well, got I, I thought up. I thought the event was fantastic. Yeah. Right, I, I like the setup. I like the transformation of the field house. Um, being one of the uh, quote unquote ambassadors for um, the gauntlet. Uh, there were 12 of us that were responsible for four or five different teams and to make sure that everything was going okay and the busing transportation and needs being met. I felt like Adidas and Omaha went above and beyond the call of duty to make sure that we could get this event back next year. So first and foremost, I, I, I've, I was very proud to be a part of that. I think secondly, um, the event was fantastic. I, I, I liked how the coaching setup. Um, I like the attention to detail. There were a couple of guys. You know I'm not all in on the whole Mikey Williams <laughs> phenomenon, so that didn't bother me one bit. Um, I'm going to continue to reiterate that. I know some people are like, oh, you know, you're so hard on Mikey and you know, 3.1 million followers and this, that, and the other. I'm like, yeah, it's just that, right? Yeah. I've seen him play enough live now. Uh, he didn't make the trip this weekend, um, so I'm sure that was disappointing to some of the folks that wanted to see we all can, we all can ball. So we all can go. go yeah. I always say ball versus go. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I thought Chandler from Utah Prospects did not disappoint. I, I, he's fantastic. Uh, there's a reason that I think he's got the Creighton offer. They made it to the semifinals. Uh, they lost to EAB. Uh, no shame in that. That's a, He's a fantastic player. He's got a ton of options. Uh, I thought Josh Dix showed extremely well. He is so good and so versatile without having to overdo it. Yep. Um, I liked Livingston. I didn't love Livingston. I, I felt like I get it. Yeah. I, I could Physically see pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> He's a grown yeah. man. Um, Kante George, I felt like uh, – He's a bucket getter, yeah. but I felt like it was personal. Some of these teams that saw him, they made it really, yeah. really hard on George. Um, I really like Dylan Andrews from Compton Magic. Um, I like Reed Shepard. Yeah. Very efficient from the Midwest B-Ball Club. Kid. Uh, yep, he's, he comes from good stock, and Jeff Shepard um, can really shoot it. Unassuming, good player. And I also liked I like Josh Dotzler. And, and, Josh, and, did I say Josh? I, I like Josh too. <laughs> Josh, listen, I mean Josh. He was our pastor. He married us. I'm I'm a big fan of the family. Josiah Dotsler, I felt like, because I felt like Josiah got it. And while I was a little disappointed at times with kind of how the 16s went through some lulls, yeah. I felt like in flashes they had some guys that were really really good, um, and they got by without one of their better players having a great weekend. Uh, and Connor Milliken, because he, he's extremely capable. He's as good as anybody else out there. Um, I just felt like he was pressing a little bit, but they showed flashes between Dotzler and, and Sandiford. 
uh, who I kind of call the big three. Yeah. Um, and, and that deal where he showed what he was capable of in flashes, and he was in front of a lot of coaches at the time. And I mean, he had Darren DeVries, Coach DeVries, you know, seven feet from him, and he scores nine of the first, you know, 12 yeah. points, and he knocks down a 27-footer. Um, you know, I felt like for, for, for what the event was and kind of what it entails, guys did a good job of showcasing their talents. And even that team, uh, I think OSA don't have one of the scores up here, but, uh, won their first game, the 16th I'm talking about. Yeah. And, and then, um, kind of lost after that, but, um, but, uh, all those games were close. They were competitive. They showed well, Very competitive. Um, five point win, four point loss, Six point loss, ten point. Like they were, they were all. Um, they showed they could belong, even if they didn't necessarily get the wins that you would have liked. Especially, again, with that team, kind of um, with Brendan Clemens, kind of losing, missing out on some size there. Um, having uh, Price Sanford have to play big, Maul Jaw having to play big, um, Jake Brack. I really like those guys. I, I think you know Milliken, even though he wasn't shooting the way he wanted to, found a way to guard yeah. and defend. That's key for him. Yeah. Well, he's as good athletically as anybody else out there. He's in the top six, seven percentile, in my opinion, of athleticism. So he can impact games other than when he's scoring. Um, I felt like Sandiford hit some big shots. I, I talked about uh, Dotzler a little bit as well. Uh, Trey Mosman in spurts really shot the ball well, especially late. I, I figured out. So this is kind of what I've gravitated towards, and you know about this. Uh, I like the guys that whatever the situation stands calls for, whether you're in the semifinals in the winner's bracket or sixth place and you've lost twice. I like guys that, that play the same. And and I was, uh, you know, I, I like the way that, that Mosman shot the ball late, didn't get a lot of early time you know, kind of meaningful time sometimes. And so sometimes it's easy for you for it to get away from you. Um, I, I like some facets of that team. I really like a guy like Tate Advati who, if you talk about transitioning and playing a different role. So there's two guys on that team I think have a vastly different role than how they play on their high school team. That's Tate Advati and that's Connor Milliken. Connor Milliken does a lot of the ball handling for Platteview. He's kind of become a spot-up shooter for this team, which I think you don't get the full complement of what Milliken's capable of. Tate Advati is another guy, 6'4", kind of plays below the rim, doesn't handle it a ton. I felt like made a really good transition playing with that team. So I think, I mean, going forward, they got the one more tournament in Kansas City, the 15s, the 16s, and the 17s. I'll be down there again. It'll be a good one, right? I'll look forward to getting a chance to hang out with you. You and I don't get too squirrely, so we should be able to kind of maximize there, but for the city of Omaha and Adidas, I felt like it was good in the style of play. I felt like it was and, good. And then uh, Supreme Seventeens uh, continue to do work uh, down in Frisco this week, and more offers. Isaac Trout, Texas, jumping into the mix. Um, Jason Green, uh, Minnesota, after he took an unofficial visit there last month, they pulled the trigger. Daniel Brocale, um, first Division Two offer from Fort Lewis, where um, Ty Danielson is out there as yeah. an assistant coach now. I'm, I'm, I'm a big TD fan, yeah. right? I'm, I'm, I like York. Same. I like Danielson. I like what he's about. Yeah. So, and he knows basketball. So it's good to see Brokale flourish. Yeah. So good weekend for Supreme down there. And then I was down in Kansas city, kind of wrap things up here. Um, went down to the kind of the combo hardwood classic and sunflower showcase. Those guys kind of teamed up just to put one event together down there at the high V arena. Um, 
And some teams had some good showing. We had uh, OSA National. It was all pool play. There's no brackets. They just kind of split everybody up. Just make so it is easier. that why there's a session two this week to kind of build on that, or I, was it because the shoe circuit in the live period evolved so late? So um, up they were up here Midwest Live in Omaha the previous week, and it was kind of the same deal where um, Todd Todd always said just kind of with the schedule and only being allowed to play two games in a day uh, by the rules during the live period. Um, that kind of made it tougher. He just couldn't figure out a way to do right. brackets and get everybody games and all that. So he just did all pool play. I was hoping that would go back to normal down in Kansas City. It wasn't. We'll did, are you looking forward to session two this weekend? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just for I know I talk. Um, yeah, it's going to be the kind of the same thing where it's all pool play. I know that I think coaches prefer where you've got a set schedule. You know where everybody's going to play when. But the kids like having bracket play and something to kind of like you know. All right, this is a championship game. Um, but first weekend, OSA National Burt, OSA National Beck, 17U, both went 4-0. Uh, Grant Jansen for Burt's team was a beast down low. Uh, Brody Travis came up what clutch. Do you think, I, see, I'm, I'm Team Travis. Yeah. What do you think's the upside for Jansen? I, I, he, he's in kind of an undersized post, uh, kind is. of earthbound. He kind of plays below the rim. But he knows his game. He's so good at carving out space. crafty. Yeah, and he's strong. So he put him on their back a couple of times. Brody Travis hit some clutch shots um, to kind of keep uh, to seal some wins there. Um, Lincoln Supreme National Twos, uh, um, 16U went 4-0 as well. And then my team went 3-1. Team Factory Gold went 3-1. And Lincoln Supreme National Two 15 all went 3-1 for second place. You're starting to rack up an impressive record. <laughs> That's yeah. We um, it's just disappointing. Some of these losses. Um, you know when you have a good team when you come away. Uh, we lose our seventh game of the entire season and just feel devastated because we knew we're says, better than that. Says but. the guy that's single digits in the loss column <laughs> playing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> Carter Templemeyer, my guy from Lincoln East, 20 a game on 55, 45, 85 shooting this weekend. He we, is a name that you're going to have to We may have to go back and revisit season. Lincoln East. Yeah. We talk Pius, we talk Southwest. We may, as well coaches there, we may have to revisit that one. That's the legend. It's another week in the books in Nebraska Preps postgame. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm the big voice guy. You hear the music. Back next week. Don't you dare miss it. A Huda Media Production.